The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Good evening, everybody. This is Andy Elford, the host of All Andy Elford, and you are listening to a special edition of All Andy Elford, our Falcon Friday edition, right here on the Anchor Network. And you're listening to me on the plethora of platforms when it comes to the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes and Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the show. As you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Friday's edition of AllAndyElford, the Falcon Friday edition, is taped live in front of all of you on Facebook Live. So this show is unedited, uncensored, and full of content. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guess who's back? All in the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span of really shut out. Go! Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. Oh. Oh. Seventeen points. Seventeen points, boys. That's all they could put up. Seventeen points against your rival on Thursday. Embarrass me in front of my friends, the nation, being Totally, totally being outplayed in the game. Absolutely in all phases of the game. Absolutely destroyed. And 17 points. It's just not a good show tonight. It really isn't. Because this is a post-game edition. Of all Andy Alford, the Falcon Friday edition. Right here on the Anchor Network as well as on Facebook Live. Yes, I am your host, Andrew Alford, welcoming you in to this Friday Friday edition of all Andy Alford. We would play the music if I was in a good mood. I'm not in a good mood tonight. A terrible night in sports when it comes to hockey, for yours truly, of course, Bowling Green getting beat up right now in Minnesota. The Jackets 
falling late in the third period to the Capitals. We'll dive into that here in just a few moments. The Walleye stink up the Huntington Center tonight against Wheeling. Score a goal late, but it was not enough. They lose to the Wheeling Nailers. And of course, like the big, like I said, the big news, of course, Bowling Green losing to Toledo on Wednesday. Uh, what else is there to talk about? You could be a part of the show tonight right here on our Facebook Live, posting comments, questions. Uh, I want to hear your reaction, your thoughts on the game from Wednesday night. Uh, how you felt like, because uh, you'll hear my opinion here in just a little bit about this game. Also, we're going to dive into Week 10 of the uh, National Football League. An upset took place yesterday at Hard Rock, as well as Week 11 of the college football slate. I feel an upset brewing in a capital city. There's my little pre little snack there. But like I said, you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. And we do the shows live every Friday right here on the on our Facebook Live tonight as we are on the air on this, the 12th of November, 2021. I know you're all waiting for me to go off on the tangent on the football side of things, but we're going to get into what happened tonight first and foremost. And we're going to start first and foremost with the National Hockey League. We're going to talk about the Jackets first and foremost. Jackets took on the Washington Capitals. The first game in over six days since the Jackets were off. And it was the Hockey Fights Cancer Night at Nationwide Arena, by the way. I'm rocking the John Torrell Hamid shirt. A mindset of believing. Torts taught me well on that one right there. Mindset of believing. But the Jackets... Did take advantage and jumped out to an early one nothing lead as the Columbus-born kid Sean Corrali getting his first as a Columbus Blue Jacket in the first period from Alexander Texier and Eric Robinson. 2-23 in the first period and it was one nothing Jackets. But then the GOAT, Alexander Ovechkin on a deflection beating Jonas Corposalo and... Tying it up at one apiece after 20 minutes of play. And then it was the Galloway show in the second period. Getting his first and second of the season. Making it 3-1 Washington. And the building just felt like the energy was being zapped. It was felt like the energy at Nationwide was just gone. It was just terrible. There was nothing that they could do to get into the positive feel. And a lot of us thought, including yours, Julia, that this game could be a runaway. But the Jackets turned the ship. Corrali getting his second of the season from Voracek on a wrist shot. Beating Samsonov. Voracek his 11th assist of the season. Corrali his second goal of the season. Jackets were down one. And not even 22 seconds later, Gustav Nyquist... Beats Samsonov on the backhand, just tucking it beautifully past him, getting his second goal of the season, and we're tied at three after 40 minutes. And when those goals hit simultaneously in the 22 seconds, I said to myself, "What? this is new. This is a new team. 
bouncing back. And it got me really fired up with this game. And it was a back-and-forth battle into the third period, figuring that, you know, I was thinking, let's just get a point out of it, an overtime overtime loss. I'll be fine with that. But no. The former Pittsburgh Penguin, Connor Sheary, kills the Jackets with a minute to go, with a minute and change to go into the game, beating Jonas Corpuschalo, wrist shot from Jensen and Orloff, and that was the final tonight at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard as the Jackets fall to the Washington Capitals by a score of 4-3. to three. In the game overall, the three stars of the game, Connor McMichaels was the number one star. Sean Corrali, the number two star. Connor Sheary, the number three star. Overall stats, the Jackets out shooting the Capitals in the game 29-28. to They also led in the faceoff dot 61% to 39%. Both teams 0 for on the power play. Washington 0 for 1. The Jackets 0 for 2. It was the Capitals out hitting the Jackets in the game 27 to 12 and out blocking the Jackets 16 to 13. Both teams were tied in shots after 20 minutes of play. The Jackets led in the shot department in the second, 12 to 8, and then the Washington Capitals capitalized in the third for 10 shots to 7 for the Jackets. So the Jackets falling to the Capitals. By the way, Corpus Salo. Stopping 24 of 28. His save percentage of a point, 857. For Samsonoff in the game, he stopped 26 of 29. His save percentage of a point, 897. So the Jackets fall to the Washington Capitals tonight at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. And we just got to pick ourselves back up, dust ourselves off, and get ready for tomorrow night's game. Big game at Nationwide Arena tomorrow night as the New York Rangers come in to 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. At 7 o'clock at Nationwide. Big game for the Jackets. Another Metropolitan opponent that they need points. And I, I'm going to say this. The Jackets need to get at least 4 out of 6 in these next 3 games. With the Jackets losing tonight. They need to get 2 points tomorrow against against the Rangers. And they definitely need to get 2 points against the against the Red Wings on Monday night. If they don't get any of these points, they're going to be behind the eight ball really quickly, especially with them going on this West Coast trip, seeing them going out to Arizona and to Vegas before coming back to play Buffalo. And then we get into the Thanksgiving holiday. And you could win the season. I've had a lot of people that have complained to me about this and have said to this to me. Why do you watch these games in November and December? They don't really matter. And I, 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 I say to those people, those they really do matter. Because when you're looking for points in March and April to get you into the playoff picture, these games in November and December matter the most. They absolutely matter the most. So I, I, I say it. These games matter the most and the Jackets need four out of the next six, four out of the next six points. They lost two tonight, so they need to win tomorrow, and they need to win on Monday night because it just doesn't get easier for the Jackets. But the big news, of course, is everybody wants to hear my opinion on this. Uh, it was announced yesterday that the Columbus Blue Jackets will retire the number sixty-one. To the rafters at Nationwide Arena as Rick Nash, his number 61, will get raised on March the 4th against the Boston Bruins. 
Now you look at this game, and there, there's two circles you can make mention because of Nash. Nash finished his career with the Boston Bruins. He got injured. He was released by the Bruins, and then he signs with the Jackets for a one-day contract, retires as a Jacket, and the banner gets raised in 61's honor. So I, you know, he was one of my favorite players growing up. I, you know, I kind of idolized him in a little bit of my eyes. But then the trade happened to New York, and I knew it was best for business. But as a fan back then, when you promise one thing to the city and you don't deliver and then you leave and you just write a comment, a question, uh, a, a page paper saying thank you to the city, you know, to me it says, you know, you care about the city but you didn't get the job done. You promised a championship to the city and you never brought the championship to the city. Yes, you did get us into the playoffs for the first time ever in franchise history in 2008-2009. But you didn't deliver a championship to the city. So, you know, I do support you. I have, I'm highest honor. I want to congratulate you, Rick, on this honor uh, and having the first ever Blue Jacket jersey retired and sent to the Rafters at Nationwide Arena. And I wonder if they're going to play a little bit into Nick Felino being there, too, if he's healthy and able to see him, you know, a former captain of the Jackets, you know, being there. I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. So uh, congratulations, Rick. Highly honored and highly deserved with this honor of being lifted to the rafters at Nationwide Arena. Other games happening in the NHL tonight. Of course, the Leafs, a big winner in overtime over the Calgary Flames, 2-1. to one. Right now, 13.44 to go in the third period. It is tied up in the toilet bowl game between the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks. Another final for you tonight. The Sabres, a winner 3-2 over the Edmonton Oilers, which is a little bit of a shocker to me. Flyers, a winner 2-1 over the Carolina Hurricanes. Tomorrow, slate, a full slate of action. We'll all start at 1 o'clock as Boston travels into New Jersey, the Battle of the Devils. Uh, you also have the 7 o'clock puck drops look like this. Besides the Jackets playing the uh, Rangers tomorrow night, Toronto is in Buffalo to battle the Savers. The Kings are in Winnipeg to battle the Jets. You also have Pittsburgh and Ottawa to battle the Senators. Detroit is at home. They'll take on the Montreal Canadiens. Florida is in Tampa at 7, 730. Sees St. Louis in Carolina. Arizona is in Nashville to battle the Predators. Philadelphia is in Dallas to battle the Stars. 9 o'clock puck drop sees San Jose taking on Colorado. Uh, and then the late games, 10 o'clock Eastern. Minnesota is in Seattle to battle the Kraken. And at 10 o'clock as well, Vancouver is in Vegas to battle the Golden Knights. Looking at the standings after tonight's play, the Jackets falling out of the wildcard hunt. But here is the standings going forward. In the Atlantic Division, Florida still holding the top spot at 10-2-2 with 22 points. Toronto with their win tonight are now 9-5-1 with 19 points. Detroit is in third at 7-6-2 with 16 points. Metropolitan Division with Washington's win tonight. They are now at a virtual tie with Carolina. However, Carolina holds the advantage with two wins in front of them as Carolina is 10-2-0 with 20 points. Uh, Washington 8-2-4 with 20 points. The Rangers in third, 7-3-3 three three with 17 points. The wild card sees 
Philadelphia at 7, 3, and 2 with 16 points. The Devils at 7, 3, and 2 with 16 points as well. Uh, Tampa Bay outside looking in at 6, 3, and 3 with 15 points. Columbus is 7, 4, and 0 with 14 points. Pittsburgh is 5, 3, and 4 with 14 points. Buffalo 6, 5, and 2 with 14 points. Boston 6, 5, and 0 with 12 points. The Islanders are 5, 4, and 2 with 12 points. Montreal 4, 10, and 1 with 9 points. And the Ottawa Senators are 3, 9, and 1 with only 7 points. Western Conference standings look like this. It is St. Louis in the top spot in the Central Division at 8, 2, and 2 with 18 points. The Wilder 9-4-0 with 18 points as well. Winnipeg 7-3-3 with 17 points. The Pacific Division sees Edmonton at 10-3-0 with 20 points. Anaheim 8-4-3 with 19 points. Calgary 7-3-4 with 18 points. In the top three spots in the Pacific Division, the Wild Card standing sees the LA Kings at 8-5-1 with 17 points. Nashville, 8-5-1 with 17 points as well. Vegas at 8-6-0, 16 points on the outside looking in of a wild card spot. San Jose, 7-5-1 with 15 points. Vancouver, 5-7-2 with 12 points. Colorado, 5-5-1 with 11 points. Dallas, 4-6-2 with 10 points. Seattle in the 8th spot at 4-9-1 with 9 points. They are struggling right now. Chicago, 3-9-2 with 8 points. And Arizona still at 1-11-1. With three points, they've only won one game this year. We'll see how that all shakes out. Of course, the Jackets back in action tomorrow night. 7 o'clock puck drop at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. The Jackets and the New York Rangers. So we'll see how that all shakes out. News and notes, by the way, pass along to you. With the gold tonight, Alex, Ove Alex Ovechkin passes Brett Hall. With goal number 742 in the NHL. He is now fourth in NHL history with uh, 742 goals. Uh, uh, Jack Eichel had his disc replacement surgery on Friday. And it was a success. So he will be on the rehab mend. And he could be with the Golden Knights. Probably towards the beginning of the 2022 campaign so far in into next year so we'll see how that shakes out of course <coughs> excuse me uh the nhl hall of fame is going to get inducted the class is getting inducted this weekend here on friday a big slate of players going into the hall of fame of course the one is uh, of course doug wilson jerome mcginla Marion Hosa, Kim St. Pierre, and Ken Kenny Holland all going into the Hall of Fame. All six were elected 18 months ago into the class of the 2020 Hall of Fame, but that has been delayed because of COVID. So they are now going into the Toronto Hockey Hall of Fame. So congratulations to those guys as well. So we are listening to all ABL for the post-game edition right here on the Anchor Network as well as on Facebook Live. Now let's dive into the East Coast Hockey League and let's talk about the game that happened over in downtown Toledo tonight. And that is with the Toledo Walleye. The Walleye were in action tonight. They took on the they took on the Wheeling Nailers in the big big game downtown at the Huntington Center on Military Appreciation Night. 
let me talk about this game first and foremost. If you were at this game, please fill me in on a few details of this game, okay? First and foremost, you know, watching this game on BCSN, uh, Claire Dowd's doing a you know great job doing the color analyst for this game. She did a fantastic job. I got to give credit to that. Matt Melzak doing a great job in the play-by-play realm. But I just got to say this. Seeing the comments on Facebook from a guy taking off his shirt and just exposing himself and bringing the loudest cheers of the building, not even the loudest cheers for a hockey game, says a lot about how the fans reacted tonight in tonight's game. As Wheeling just pounded, gave him the old Thunderbird feeling, and beat the walleye tonight 3-2 to two at the Huntington Center. It all started with Hutchinson, his third of the season from Doherty and Alfrando at the 10-32 mark of the first period, beating Billy Christopoulos. Before then, Matt Barry getting his fourth of the season for the Fish. Barry from Alberts and uh, Hensick. At the 10.45 mark of the first period, a nice counter, nice rebound after the giving up the first goal of the evening. The walleye get out and tie the game, but then after that, Wheeling puts on the show in the second period as Kroc now gets his first of the season unassisted at the 9.48 mark of the second period. And then the former Cincinnati Cyclone, Sean Boomhauer, getting his second of the season from Dvrenovich, and it's 3-1 Nailers. The walleye just looked absolutely flat tonight. Could not get anything going. Now, the Vela fight for me was an interesting one. Now, we haven't seen any fighting yet this year in the Huntington Center. Uh, Last two games against Kalamazoo and Fort Wayne have been a lot of pushing and shoving, but tonight... Really showed a little bit of the, little bit of the of the drama, and I'll I'll just say this: tonight's game to me did not feel like what the weekend last weekend's games were. A lot of empty seats, a lot of you know, interesting calls, and on the both ends, it felt like to me that the refs were putting away the whistles a little bit in the third period. The Vela fight really, really started everything off and dropped the gloves, and the fans were getting into it. You know, and I would, I just wish, you know, that the fish would do more. I wish they would be more aggressive when it comes to, you know, battling it up, battling it up. I mean, you're down three-one. You need a spark. Vela goes out and drops the gloves after a big hit. And he he did the right thing. He sparked. He got the crowd back into the game. He got the fans back into the game, and it capitalized. Even though they scored with 40 seconds to go left in the game, Barry gets his fifth of the season. He had a two goal night. He made it three two, but that was just enough. You get the spark going more and more and more and more and more, and they did not capitalize on that until like very very late in the game. Asbury gets his fifth of the season from Randy Gazzola. 3-2. That was the final tonight. Toledo outshot for the first time this season. 
27-26 by the Wheeling Nailers. The Nailers 1-for-2 on the power play. Toledo 0-for-5 on the power play. But like I said, Hutchison and Vela dropping the gloves at the 9-19 mark of the third period. It was... Uh, it was a good it was a good fight in some aspects, but you know, I would like to see somebody really drop the gloves. Uh McKenzie should be dropping the gloves a little bit more. Uh I, it, they just need a little bit more backbone. I think this team just needs a touch more backbone. Somebody's gotta drop them. Christopoulos stopping 24 or 27. His save percentage of a point eight nine four. For the Nailers, it was Dorado stopping 24 or 26. His save percentage of a point nine oh five. So there is that for you. Uh, like I mentioned, time of the game, the attendance 6,784 for Military Appreciation Night at the Huntington Center tonight. So the Walleye getting the loss tonight. Looking at other scores from around the East Coast Hockey League, it was the Newfoundland Growlers, a winner in a shootout 3-2 over the Worcester Railers. Adirondack, a 5-4 win over the Utah Grizzlies. Jacksonville, a 3-1 win over Orlando. It was the Reading Royals, a winner 5-2 over Norfolk. Uh, Florida puts up the shutout over Greenville, 4-0. Atlanta, a 4-2 winner over South Carolina. Uh, the Lions get the Trovoil Rares. Win in overtime over the Maine Mariners, 8-7 in overtime. Fort Wayne, a winner 2-1 over Cincinnati. They get to welcome in the Walleye tomorrow night at the Jungle. Uh, Indy Co. gets the win, loses to Iowa by the score of 5-3. Right now, it is a final. Tulsa winner 3-1 over Kansas City. The Allen Americans fall to Wichita 6-2. In the middle of the third period is Idaho 2 and Rapid City 2 as we speak. Looking at the standings so far, looks like this for the Walleye. It is, they're still holding the top spot at 5-3-0-0 oh, with 10 points. Fort Wayne with their win tonight. They now, well actually now the Walleye are, there are 8 games played. They're 5-3-0-0 oh, oh, with 10 points. Fort Wayne 5-1, oh, 0-0 with 10 points. And Cincinnati 5-4, oh, 0-0 with 10 points. So there's that shakeup for you. Wheeling's win tonight goes down to 4-3, oh, 0-0 with 8 points. Kalamazoo 3-3-0 with 6 points. Indy 2-4-0-1 oh, with 5 points. The Heartlanders are 2-6-1-0 oh, with 5 points. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Of course, like I mentioned, tomorrow night the Walleye are in Fort Wayne to battle the Comets. 7.30 puck drop for that one. And Cincinnati is on the road. They'll take on the Wheeling Nailers in Wheeling. 7.10 puck drop for that one. Kalamazoo is at home to play Indianapolis tomorrow night at a Wings Event Center. Sunday slate, like I mentioned before, the Fish are back at the Huntington Center. They'll take on Indy at 5.15. Fort Wayne will be in Wheeling to battle the Nailers. Kalamazoo will be in Iowa to battle the Heartlanders in that slate of games this upcoming, the rest of the weekend. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, next weekend, by the way, uh, if you're looking at it, Walleye will be at home next weekend. It will be Friday night 
at home against the Iowa Heartlanders. 7.15 puck drop for that one. Saturday's game, another start, 7.15 puck time against the Heartlanders on Saturday night. And then Sunday, they do not play against the Heartlanders. They are done for the weekend. So the Walleye lose tonight to Wheeling by the score of four of by the score of three to two. So we'll see how the fish will respond to that tomorrow night in Fort Wayne. Seven thirty puck drop for that one. As you're listening to all Andy Elford and watching all Andy Elford tonight right here. On the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight as well as watching the show tonight. Now we're going to dive into the football side of things. And here we go, folks. I know you've been waiting for it. Let's talk about what happened on the gridiron. Wednesday night at the Doit. Let's talk about the Battle of I-75. I know, I know what you're thinking. How could we have lost this game? Brian Kovac. Absolutely neutralized and destroyed the Bowling Green defense. Daquan Finn aired it out and absolutely destroyed the Bowling Green defense. The offensive line could not protect Matt McDonald and the offense. Let me just say this. Okay. Now, I went to the game Wednesday night. I was with my wife, with my brother-in-law, and a group of us from my other establishment joint. Other job. I was outnumbered in UT fans in my group. Four to one. They were giving it to me all night. Now, I don't give it back to people, but let me just say this. I felt good in the first quarter. I did. I really, really did. And just the way that this game ended and how it just shaped up, it was just brutal. This has got to be... Now, I've watched this series... We have been doing my pod. We've been doing this podcast for twelve years. Okay, there's been two bright sides to this show. Okay, two thousand nine and two thousand and nineteen, when Bowling Green has won the Battle of I seventy five. Now, in twenty eighteen, no, no, excuse me, twenty seventeen, when Bowling Green faced Toledo, it was the highest scoring game. In history, and I felt like that was what's gonna what was happening as we went deeper and deeper into the game. I figured that the score was gonna just be a shootout, run up score. The over under was fifty. They hit that pretty easily in the fourth quarter. Both teams. 
I'll admit defeat. Bowling Green was not there. Bowling Green was not ready for this. But the thing is, we were off a week. We had time to prepare. And yet, and yet, we still allow them 49 points the entire game. Oh. 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 This game and this rivalry is showing no liking to the brown and orange. The football side of the spectrum is this. And this is a slap in Bowling Green's face. Recruiting is a lot better in Toledo, what it sounds like. That's how it looks to me. Where Bowling Green's recruiting is there, but it's not there. It's close. We need a couple key players here and there, especially on the defensive side. You know, Matt looks great. I, I I thought he did pretty well. He was 11 for 20 for 65 yards and a TD. You know, I, I figured he'd do okay. Mosley, a great outing. 10 carries for 59 yards for Bowling Green. But it's just the offensive line wasn't there for protection for, for Matt McDonald. It wasn't there. So that's what killed us. The other key thing was what was happening when Toledo had the football. And Finn just absolutely took took a flamethrower and just doused the Bowling Green defense. 18 for 24 for 270 yards. Three TDs in the game. By the way, his QBR was a 95.3. That is outrageously high. Kovac. 19 carries for 121 yards, two of which were TDs. It's going to kill you. McKinley Lewis, three catches, 83 yards, one TD. Landers, three catches, 57 yards, one TD. Turner, one catch, four yards, TD. Can't have that. You just can't have it. And McDonald, 8, 11 for 20. 65 yards, 1 TD. His QBR rating, 7. Yes, I said it right, 7. The number, 7. Unbelievable. Mosley, like I said, 10 carries, 53 yards. Stewart was the key to the whole offensive scheme. He had the one touchdown, the bright spot. 13 carries for 42 yards, 1 TD. Johnson, three catches, nine yards, one TD. Osborne, six catches, 50 yards. And the problem was the offensive scheme of Bowling Green was just running slant plays the entire time. You can't have that happen. You can't keep running slant plays because you're going to lose yards. And the offensive line has to be a lot better, a lot better. Overall, team stats. Toledo had 25 first downs to Bowling Green 16. On third down, Toledo was 5 for 11. Bowling Green 7 for 17. Can't have that. You just can't have that. Of the 
all the yardage. Toledo had 539 total yards of offense. 270 through the air, 269 on the ground. All led by Brian Kobach. For Bowling Green, the entire game they had 196. 196. The majority of it was on the ground at 129 yards. 67 yards passing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, the season is a wash. It is. It really is. It hurts. This game hurt. Penalties did kill Toledo. Eight penalties for 99 yards. Bowling Green had six penalties for 63 yards. The one fumble interception, by the way, was intercepted at the end of the game. Trenton throws the interception. Bowling Green led the possession at 31 minutes and 35 seconds. So there's a bright spot there. No. There's no bright spots. There's no bright spots. There's no bright spots. No bright spots in this game for Bowling Green. It was from the start to finish a rocket domination. Leffler needs to get his crew in order. He really does. I mean, this was an embarrassment. It really was. I just... I thought for a minute we would be competitive. After the week off and the big win against Buffalo, I thought we had momentum. I thought we had feelings. And we did. We did. The midway point of the first quarter, going into the second, scoring up the points, making it 17-10. A lot of me was thinking, okay, we've got momentum. We just need to set up and play defense and play great. And it felt like the defensive ends went into the locker room to get a glass of hot chocolate and they put up 21 unanswered on us. And it was 38-10 to 10 at halftime. And I looked at that score and I said, we need to come out and shut them down on their first possession. What happens? They go down the field and score another touchdown. Three and out, three and out. I don't know what to do. I I, I just don't know what else to say. There's just... This game was totally... Absolutely domination from Toledo. My prediction of Bowling Green winning 42 to 39 was absolutely dead wrong. Dead wrong. In the, the in 
I just don't understand. I it just don't understand. Why do they hurt me? Why does Bowling Green hurt me so much in the football field? Why do they hurt me? Because this is just... I don't know what to, what else to say. I, I, I just don't know what to say. You'll hear from Scott Leffler on Monday's edition of All Andy Alford. You will hear from Coach Candle from the Victory Coach on Monday's edition of All Andy Alford. We're going to dive more into this game. On Monday's edition. I need a weekend to think about this game. I really do. This is just. <sighs> this one is. This one is a hair puller. It really is. It really is. Looking at other max scores. From around the max week. Week max. Buffalo loses to Miami of Ohio. 45 to 18. Western Michigan, a big win over Akron, 45-40. Ohio, a huge win over Eastern Michigan. Puts Eastern Michigan in the bubble now with a 34-26 win. Northern Illinois getting the win in by a field goal over Ball State, 30-29. And Central Michigan, a winner, 54-30 over Kent State. So I was 3-3 in my MAC games. This past week with the Bowling Green. Picking Bowling Green as the winner. So we'll all see how that shakes up. Of course the college football playoff rankings are out. And you know it's no shock to me that Ohio State moves up into the top four. Um, but to me it's showing that Michigan, Michigan's loss now to Michigan State didn't really matter. Because now Michigan's on the outside looking at at six. So it shakes up that the Michigan-Ohio State game could play not only just for the Big Ten East, but a possible playoff spot into the college football playoff. So that shakes out. Georgia, I expected to be number one. Alabama, the roll tie, Alabama, continue their role. They are now number two. Oregon moves up a spot to three, moving down Michigan State, who's now down to seven. Ohio State now at four. Uh, Cincinnati moves up one to five. Michigan moves up one to six. Oklahoma's at eight. Notre Dame's at nine. Oklahoma State's at 10. Texas A&M at 11. Wake Forest at 12. Baylor is at 13. The Cougars of BYU are now at 14th. This is the college football playoff, by the way. Ole Miss 15. North Carolina State 16. Auburn 17. Wisconsin 18. Purdue now goes to 19th. Not ranked last week. Iowa 20th, Pitt is now 21st, San Diego State 22nd, uh, University of Texas at San Antonio 23rd, Utah 24th, and Arkansas is now 25th. So there is the top 25, the college football rankings top 25 who would be making the playoffs. Of course, uh, two games in the top 25 have already took place. Of course, Cincinnati, a big win tonight in South Florida, 45-28, to the fifth-ranked Bearcats, the second-ranked Bearcats in the AP pool, are now a perfect 10-0 and overall. 
as they beat South Florida. Pittsburgh, a winner in overtime over North Carolina, 30-23. to So I'm now 2-0 and in my picks. So I'm 5-3 and overall. So now let's take a look at the rest of Week 11 of the college football slate. And we'll take a look at the top 25 first and foremost before we dive into the Big Ten. Of course, Alabama. Roll time, Emma. We'll welcome in New Mexico State. New Mexico, New Mexico State one and eight. Alabama eight and one. Alabama a fifty-one point favorite in this game. I'm taking Alabama. That's plain and simple. Baylor, after their loss last week, will play Oklahoma in the battle right there. That's a big game right there for the Big Twelve. Oklahoma nine and zero. Baylor seven and two. Oklahoma a five and a half point favorite in this one. I'm taking the Baylor Bears in this one. I think Baylor bounces back after the loss. I think they win tomorrow more tomorrow afternoon in Baylor or tomorrow morning in Baylor. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Five and four takes on 17 ranked Auburn. Auburn six and three. Auburn a five point favorite in the game. I am taking Mississippi State in an upset over Auburn. Mississippi State. An upset tomorrow. 24th ranked Utah travels to Arizona. 2 o'clock kickoff on the Pac-12 network. I will take Utah in that one. Utah in that one. Number one ranked Georgia. 9-0. Heads into Rocky Top. Knoxville. Tennessee. Tennessee 5-4. and four. Georgia 20-point favor, 330 kick on CBS. I'm taking the Bulldogs. Play it simple. You have Southern Miss traveling to UTSA. UTSA 9-0 overall. They're a 33-point favorite in their game tomorrow. I'm taking UTSA over Southern Mississippi. Texas A&M, 7 o'clock kickoff. will travel to Ole Miss. Both teams 7-2. Texas A&M, a 2.5-point favorite in the game. I will take the Aggies at Texas A&M. My Irish, Notre Dame. Ninth-ranked overall. Take on Virginia. 7-30 kickoff on ABC. Virginia 6-3. Notre Dame 8-1. I will take the Irish. They're a 6.5-point favorite. I will take the Irish outright. North Carolina State, 7-2 overall, battles Wake Forest. Now, Wake Forest coming off of their first loss against North Carolina. Uh, Wake, a two-point favorite in the game. I am taking I am taking North Carolina State in this one. I think that is it. No representation for the, the ACC. I think Wake Forest is done. So I'll take NC State to beat Wake Forest. 25th ranked Arkansas travels to Death Valley to battle the LSU Cougars. I will take the bacon bits of Arkansas over LSU. So there is that. TCU travels to Bedlam to battle Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State a 12-point favorite in their game. They're 8-1 overall. I will take Oklahoma State. Oregon, third ranked in the country, 8-1 overall. We'll welcome in Washington State. Oregon, a 14-point favorite tomorrow. 
I will take Oregon in that game. And then 22nd ranked San Diego State will battle will battle uh Nevada. 10-30 kickoff. San Diego State, three-point favorite in that one. I'm taking San Diego State in that one. Uh, let's see here. Other games of interest. Let's go. Kentucky is at Vanderbilt. 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2. I'm taking Kentucky in that one. And the other one. Like I mentioned before, what was I going to mention? Oh, like I was mentioning before, uh, let me see here, I'm taking, oh, here it is, Fresno State winning outright in their game on tomorrow night, Fresno State Playing out of the there it is. Can't find it on here. Couldn't find it on here for us. Yeah, I have Fresno State winning outright in their game on Saturday. So now that let's that's all the important games. Of course, tomorrow is a big slate, a Big Ten action, as Week 11 of the Big Ten could shape up to be one for the record books. And we'll start first and foremost with tomorrow at noon at Penn State, as six-ranked Michigan travels to Penn State. Michigan, a one-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow. 12 o'clock kick on ABC. I think Michigan gets the win. Michigan will beat Penn State. I think they'll get the job done, and I hope Jess has a good time beating, seeing her team beating Zach's team. So, Michigan over Penn State. Northwestern travels to Wisconsin. 12 o'clock kick on ESPN2. Wisconsin, 24.5 point favorite in that game. Take it, Wisconsin. Plain and simple. Rutgers travels to Indiana, 12 o'clock kick for that one. Uh, Indiana 2-7, and seven, Rutgers 4-5. and five. I am taking Indiana. Minnesota travels to Iowa to battle the Hawkeyes. Iowa, 20th ranked in the country. Iowa, 4.5 point favorite in this one. I will take Iowa. Maryland goes to Michigan State. Michigan State, 7th ranked in the country. Michigan State, a 12 point favorite in the game. I will take Smarty on for this one, which sets up the 3.30 kick tomorrow on ABC as Purdue, 19th ranked overall in the college football playoff, will battle 4th ranked Ohio State. Now, this is a huge game, a huge implication for the playoff because Penn State has defeated, uh, at one point, a number 2 Iowa team. They have now defeated, last week, a number 3 Michigan State team. Can they pull the trifecta and pull an upset over Ohio State? Upset in the capital city. Take the Boilermakers. Purdue pulls the upset over Ohio State. 
So to recap, week 11, I took Pitt, and they won. Cincinnati, and they've won. I have taken Miami of Ohio, Western Michigan, and Eastern Michigan. That were all wins. Losses are to Ball State, Kent State, and Bowling Green. So I'm 5-3 and three to start the weekend. Al- I have Alabama, Baylor, Mississippi State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Oregon, San Diego State, Utah, UTSA, North Carolina State, and Arkansas. And then in the Big Ten, I have Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan State, and Purdue in their up in the upset special. Purdue is the upset special happening tomorrow. So enjoy the games tomorrow, Saturday. College football slate, a big slate, like I mentioned, th- noon kickoff between Michigan and and Penn State, Ohio State, Purdue at 3.30. 4 o'clock is Michigan State and Maryland. 7.30 on ABC is Notre Dame versus Virginia. As you are listening to All Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's continue to talk a little bit about football. And let's dive into the National Football League. So a huge upset that took place this past Thursday night at Hard Rock Stadium as Frank the Tank's Miami Dolphins. Ken Miller's Miami Dolphins. Pulled a huge stunner, winning their second straight football game and defeating the Baltimore Ravens by a score of 22 to 10. They took advantage of it and they neutralized Lamar Jackson. Jackson, 26 for 43, 238 total yards, one TD, one interception. His QBR rating was a 32.9. He only carried the ball nine times for 39 yards. That is key. As Freeman had 10 touches for 35 yards. Bateman, six catches for 80 yards. Andrews, six catches, 63 yards, one TD. For the Dolphins of the game, was Tua Talavailoa, eight for 13 for 158 yards. His QBR rating a 35.9. Jacoby Brissett was the main passer at 11 for 23, 156 yards. No TDs, no interception. It was Gaskins, 14 carries for 31 yards. Wilson, two carries for 19 yards, no TDs. Uh, Tua ran it in for three times for one TD. Wilson had four catches for 87 yards. Four, four catches, 84 yards. And Waddle, four catches, 61 yards. So the the Dolphins, a big 22-10 win over the Baltimore Ravens. And now for entertainment purposes only, we now dive into my predictions for week 10 of the National Football League. And last week, of course, was a terrible week as I went 8-6 and six overall, got back above two games above 500. I'm going to double down on some games this week. I'm going to play it safe. I'll play it smart. We'll see how it shakes up. It didn't start well last night with Baltimore falling to Miami. Have Baltimore. I'm starting 
If you would have said to me Miami beating Baltimore was the upset of the week, I would have been fine with it. So here is my predictions and my picks for week 10 of the college football of the NFL slate. Week 10 looks like this. As Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, travels to Jerry World to battle Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys an 8.5 point favorite in this game. 1 o'clock kick on Fox. I will take Dallas in this game. Tennessee travel uh, travels home after a busy week in L.A. Travels home to battle the New Orleans Saints. Seven, uh, 1 o'clock kick. Tennessee 7-2, New Orleans 5-3, Tennessee a three-point favorite in the game, taking Tennessee. Jacksonville, after coming off the big win last week over Buffalo, travel north to Indianapolis to battle the Colts. Can Wentz lead the team again? Indianapolis is a 10.5-point favorite against Jacksonville. I will take the Colts in the game. Buffalo travels to New York, to the Meadowlands, to battle the J-E-T-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Jets. 1 o'clock kick on CBS. Bills a 12.5 point favorite. I'm taking Buffalo. I'm riding the Buffalo wagon. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Tampa Bay. Tampa Tom. Heads into Washington to battle the football team that needs to be named. Tampa Bay, 9.5 point favorites in the game. I'm taking Tampa. Which then now sets up the two local teams. 1 o'clock kick in Foxborough. As Bill Belichick and Mac Jones battles Baker Mayfield and Eric Chajinski. And the Cleveland Browns. One o'clock kick. The Patriots are a two and a half point favorite. I'm taking Cleveland. Cleveland to win against New England. And after the harrowing, terrible game against Philadelphia. After a terrible week of me ranting and raving that the Ford family should sell the team. The Lions are back on the field this week. My Sundays are going to be ruined now for the rest of the week. As the Detroit Lions, 0-8, head into the steel curtain. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh 5-3, Cleveland 0-8, Pittsburgh only an 8-point favorite in the game. Taking Pittsburgh. 0-17, here we come. So Browns and Steelers picks this week for the local teams. 4-0-5 kick. Arizona with Colt McCoy. 8-1 overall, take on... The Carolina Panthers, who are bringing back Cam Newton, which is a surprise. Big surprise by me. It is a huge surprise. Arizona, a 10.5 point favorite over uh, Carolina. I will take the Cardinals. Minnesota takes on the LA Chargers. Herbert and the Chargers. The Chargers, a three point favorite in the game. 
405 kick, I will take the Chargers. 425 kick on CBS sees the Philadelphia Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles! Traveling to Denver to battle Teddy Bridge over troubled water. And the Denver Broncos. Denver a one and a half point favorite in the game. I will take Denver in that game. Which sets up the game of the week. The game of the week is Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. As Russell coming back from his injury will take on Aaron Rodgers. Who is coming off the COVID list. He will battle between Russell Wilson. 425 kick as Green Bay takes on. Seattle, I think Seattle pulls the upset and beats Green Bay. And the questions begin again with Aaron Rodgers. So Seattle upsets Green Bay at home. Which sets up Sunday Night Football on NBC. As Patrick Patty Mahomes takes on Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. 820 kickoff. This is a big playoff implication between both teams as the Chargers are five and three. The Chiefs are five and four, and the Raiders are five and three. Kansas City, a two and a half point favorite in the game. I am taking the Raiders over the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are in trouble. And I think that the Ra- Raiders are going to be there to battle with the Chargers. For the top spot in that division. Which sets up Monday Night Football. As the Los Angeles Rams. Travel to the Silk Jeans of Levi Stadium. To battle the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams 3.5 point favorites on Monday Night. I will take the Rams. So to recap everything. I took Baltimore yesterday. And I lost that. So I'm starting 0-1. I have Dallas. Tennessee. Indianapolis, Buffalo, Tampa. The local teams, I have Cleveland up beating the Patriots and Pittsburgh beating the Lions. Four o'clock games look like this. Arizona over Carolina. The Chargers beating up on Minnesota. Denver over Philadelphia. And Seattle over Green Bay. Sunday Night Football, I have the Raiders over the Chiefs and then the Rams over the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Of course, the big news coming out this week is that Odell Beckham Jr. has was released by the Browns. He has found a new team, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. So the Rams are now stacked. They are stacked. With quarterback Matthew Stafford, receivers now Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup, the defensive line of uh, Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller, they just basically won the division. Will that tear them into winning a Super Bowl for LA? We don't know. We don't know. But we'll see. We'll absolutely see. Uh, Nick Chubb is out this Sunday. And so as well as, um, so Johnson will start now for the Browns in the game. So, we'll see. Carson is out for the Seahawks as Russell Wilson is in. So, 
there is that for you. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in, as well as on our Facebook Live, this post-game edition of all Andy Elford, the Falcon Friday edition. As the Jackets fall to the Washington Capitals 4-3 to and the Walleye fall to the the Wheeling Nailers 3-2. to So now we're going to get into the end of our program tonight. Let's talk a little Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants, and I want to thank you, the listeners, as well as the viewers on our Facebook page tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet for the podcast, then what are you doing? We do shows every week on Tuesdays as or Mondays or Tuesdays, as well as our famous Falcon Friday edition of our program right here. As you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred, as well as Facebook.com slash all Andy Alfred. As we do, like I said, the Falcon Friday edition is a live stream edition of the show from the from the office right here. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And the news I want to talk to you tonight about is as follows. Of course, we're now into week 10 of the NFL slate. And now we're getting close to the end of the year, too. So with this all in mind, we are now finding out what 2022 will have to offer. Of course, the big news Coming out this week is that the Marathon Classic is no longer. Uh, marathon. The Marathon Classic has disbanded. It is now officially done. There will be no Marathon Classic this upcoming July. However, there will still be an LPGA event here in Toledo. It is now entitled by Dana. It is now called the Dana Open, which is presented by Marathon Petroleum. So... LPGA will still be coming to Northwest Ohio. So that is a great news, and that is a great sign for that. However, they have now moved the dates because of it. Now, usually the former Jamie Farr Owens Corning Classic, then the Owens Corning Classic, then it became the Marathon Classic presented by OI, then the Marathon Classic presented by Dana, and now the Dana Open. We're always a part of uh, the 4th of July after the 4th of July weekend. And that would be perfect for us here on the All Andy Alford Network because we'd be coming off of a great baseball slate and we would dive right into a full week of coverage of golf for you guys here. However, the Dana Open has now announced that their dates will be now Labor Day weekend. That'll be August 29th through September 4th as they will be playing at Highland Meadows Golf Course in Sylvania, Ohio. So, what does this mean? Because you know yours truly loves to talk about the pigskin, loves to talk about football. That falls in the same realm as the start of the college football season. Here's the deal, folks. We're working on this as we speak. We're debating about whether or not we're going to be doing two shows in two different portions of shows during the week, doing a total of maybe six shows in one week, including the golf shows. 
because we do four shows each for each round, and then we do our usual two shows, our regular shows. But the question is, do we do more shows because of the Dana Open falling on Labor Day weekend? And I posed the question to you on that on that subject, and we got a long time ahead of us, and it can all change because of that. But I feel like we're going to be doing more shows because of the golf tournament happening during the start of the college football season. So just letting you guys know that ahead of time. And I think it's a fantastic move. I like that Dana stepped into the role and Marathon will now be the presenting sponsor. I bought merchandise from the Marathon Classic this past year, so now that's like null and void. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it's one of my favorite tournaments. It is the favorite tournament for me. A lot of players, a lot of fans get up close and personal with the players and uh, get to see some of the best women golfers out there. So highly recommend it. When tickets do go on sale, please, please, please go out and get tickets. As remember, 100% of the ticket proceeds go to children's charities. And so that is like the big key thing for me on on this tournament. So the Dana Open will be now August 29th through September 4th. So programming notes going forward. And of course that means a big week for me because the following previous week and will be the German American Fest. The weekend after that will be the Dana Open. So... Busy few weeks for me in the month of August. We'll see how that all shakes out going forward. So, uh, but I am I am truly truly you know excited for this adventure when it comes to the golf side of things. And, you know, and I finally had to put the golf clubs away because we're getting some snow this upcoming weekend. So I'm going to have to wait till the spring to get back out onto the links. Went out twice this year, so I'm fine with that. I'm, I, actually, three times. I've gone out three times this year. I'm fine with that. Perfectly fine. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, there is that for you. That's part one. Part two is what happened on Wednesday night. Of course, Bowling Green falling. And I had a fabulous time. Fabulous time out in the tailgate lots. That was uh, yours truly. Um, the wife as well as my brother-in-law. We enjoyed ourselves. A lot of families. A lot of students. And a lot of people were out in the tailgate lots. Enjoying a few beverages. Getting an opportunity to socialize and everything like that. It was just great. It was great to see. It felt pre-COVID, and it was nice. It was nice to get everybody back into the swing of things. It really was. So uh, kudos to the staff from Bowling Green State University, as well as kudos to all those that were in attendance at the game. It was a great crowd on hand. I got to give a commending praise to the student section at BGSU to fill up the entire student section the entire game up until Bowling Green started to fall apart like a Walmart sweater in the dryer. Until then, they were all into the game, you know, chanting the F Toledo. And, you know, that, you know, that was something too. And I, I'll say this 
CBS Sports Network takes longer time to perform a game than any other network that I know of. They do. It is one of the longest games. This game started at 7 o'clock, almost 7.05, and it did not finish up until almost 11, 11.30. So that says a lot that, you know, the program, the TV program of the game is way extended. Way extended. So there's that. But commending to the BGSU staff, not the football staff, but the staff for their commendance, uh, security, safety, as well as, you know, resources as well. So thank you to them. So that is all the time we have for you tonight right here on the All Andy Alford Show, of course. You can follow us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. Until I talk to you guys Monday night, we will recap Week 10 of the National Football League as well as Week 11 of college football. Dive more into the Jackets. Now, by the way, programming note, the podcast Monday night will be a post another post-game as the Jackets take on the Detroit Red Wings. We will break down the... We will break down the Red Wings Blue Jackets game for you on Sat on Monday night's edition of All Andy Alford. That will be on the Anchor Network side of the program. We'll break that all down as well as talk about Week Ten of college, uh, Week Eleven of college football. Again, to go over it again, I have Michigan winning tomorrow. I have Michigan State over over Maryland. The upset of the special. Unfortunately, to Buckeye fans, I have Purdue upsetting Ohio State, taking down the Buckeyes tomorrow. It'll be closer than the experts think. I think it's a three-way race then between Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State to see who will win the Big Ten East. And, of course, the big slate in the NFL, I have the Browns taking down the Patriots and Pittsburgh beating the Lions on Sunday. So until I talk to you guys on Monday night, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. A game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets! Get the job done tomorrow night against the Rangers. Go Walleye! See what you can do in Fort Wayne. Go State! Michigan, Ohio State, and BGSU. After the embarrassment on Wednesday night, what do you got to expect? Go Browns. Pull me a surprise, Lions. And hit them straight. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Monday for another edition of All Andy Alford. I love you guys. Talk to you guys then. This has been a special presentation of All Andy Alford, the Falcon Friday edition. You can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford, as well as Facebook.com slash All Andy Alford. You can listen to the replay on our Facebook page after the live show is done, as well as listen to it anytime right here on the Anchor Network.